listening to Speaking with One Voice with Rodney Payne. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, topics you'd like discussed on the show, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at rpayne at onevoiceinc.org. That's rpayne at onevoiceinc.org. You can also search for us on Acast, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Just look for Speaking with One Voice. Now, here's your host, Rodney Hello Payne. and welcome to Speaking with One Voice. I am your host, the coach, Rodney Payne. So glad to be with you again here this week on Speaking with One Voice, your leadership podcast designed to help you and your team grow to the next level of efficiency and productivity. Thank you so much for listening to and liking and rating our podcast. We love to hear from you and we appreciate your continued support. Also, we thank you for letting others know about us so that we can continue to expand our footprint in this digital space so that we can continue to add value to you each and every week. If you're not already doing so, please follow us on all of our social media platforms at Rodney R. Payne. That's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, or X as we call it now. Uh, we've got YouTube and so as well as TikTok. So we look forward to seeing you and please comment on those posts when you see them. Let us know that you're getting value from what we're putting out there. We like to have content that's relevant that will help you to grow in your everyday business. So listen, I want to talk to you today. I'm really excited about this topic. Uh, I want to talk to you today about um, distractions that lead to disaster. Distractions lead to disaster. Uh, one of the biggest challenges for entrepreneurs and leaders uh, is when we find ourselves chasing many things that have nothing to do with our primary focus, our goal, or our purpose. And so we get distracted and we see things such as opportunities to perform at a higher level uh, or finding uh, opportunities that may be attractive to us or finding things that may not be attractive at all, but nothing more than a distraction, but yet they still gain our attention. We have to learn how to avoid these distractions because distractions lead to disaster. That's right. Distractions lead to disaster. So we talk about a distraction. We're talking about a thing that prevents someone from giving their full attention to something else. So anything that can redirect your attention or gain your attention, it becomes a distraction. And when I say distractions, lead to disaster, that means that's a catastrophic event in your business, on your team, in your leadership. Uh, and so we want to do all we can as hardworking, successful entrepreneurs who sometimes find ourselves experiencing overwhelm and frustration. We've got to be very careful not to increase that frustration on our own by getting distracted. So I want to give you about three steps that are going to help us to get through this process of avoiding distractions that lead to disaster. Uh, the first thing you're going to have to do, if we recall that definition for distraction, it's a thing that prevents someone from giving their full attention to something else. So step one is to identify your something, not your something else, but your something. What is your true north? What De decides where you go, what dictates or drives you um, in, along your leadership journey, along your life journey. Uh, we have to make sure that we, as leaders, when dealing with ourselves first and then our team, we must establish a, a direction 
a goal, a focus of where we want to go. Uh, so if we don't understand and know where we're going, then everything becomes something else that leads to a distraction. Everything can become a thing when that happens. So we want to make sure that we are really focused and doing the very best that we can to know exactly where we're going. How do we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. How we do it is to make sure that we have clear goals and objectives because clear goals and objectives can lead to a clear work path and or clear purpose in all that we're doing. So we really want to make sure that we know what our true north is, what our goals and objectives are, and that we're clear and we have purposed and directed activity that are leading us to a specific direction. That if we have that, it becomes much easier to avoid the distractions that lead to disaster because we are setting our own course, we're setting our own cadence, we're setting our own pace. And so it becomes important for you as a leader to know that when you know your something, it makes it easier to stay on course. If you've identified what your something is, then something else is a lot less likely to gain your attention. You, you know, it, it can it can happen so subtly. Something else shows up in your life and without a clear true north or direction or purpose, you begin to vet it out as if it's a real opportunity. While it may be great for someone else, it's not necessarily great for you, but if you don't know where you're going, you will take time, invest time, dare I even say waste time looking and considering things, looking at and considering things that really have nothing to do with where you are going in your business or in your life. And there must be some congruence between how you live and how you work and how you play. There has to be something there that's consistent that that is dictating how you choose which direction to go. So if you can identify your something, your your why, your true north, your uh, goal and where you're trying to get to, it's going to make it much easier to avoid distractions. And, and a key little note here you want to consider is when considering distractions, they are usually attractive. They usually look like they're going to be good for you. They usually look like they'll work in your favor or something you can make work. Um, at some point, you have to begin to identify your something and then restrict yourself to your something so that you don't get distracted by something else. Uh, secondly, we talked about identifying your something, but but now I want you to learn how to personally value your something. There has to be a value attached to what you identify as your something. So so uh, for some reason, we find ourselves uh, that that we are entertaining things that are not a good fit for us. We, we've either skipped step one or we've ignored step one in identifying our something. So now we find ourselves entertaining things that really are not good for us. And so you have to know who you are. And I, I, I know that, that when you're trying to accomplish a goal, I know a lot of people find um, solace and in, in comfort in having a buddy. So, for instance, if you're going to go on a workout journey or a diet or, or some kind of life change experience, you like to have an accountability partner who's on the journey with you. They feel your pain. They understand what you're going through. They hurt like you hurt. So you work together and then we get to celebrate together. But but many times on this personal journey, we don't we don't value the things that we're looking at. Um, understand, and I, this is difficult, but just mark this and you may need to pause this and rewind it to catch this. But it is possible 
to make a bad decision on a good something, but it's it only happens when the good something is not your something. So you can make a bad decision choosing something good or a good something, but if it's not good for you, that makes it not a good something. And I think that when we see others do things and we, if we can just do this and we can do that and we can do it for a short time, I can make myself be this disciplined in this area for a little while. It's easy enough. I can make that happen. And then you get involved and it's everything that you thought it wouldn't be. And you knew it in your gut when you did it, but you decided it was a really good opportunity. Someone talked you into it. You were trying to help somebody out. A lot of things go into that, but you end up wasting time on a good something that belongs to someone else. And so when it's a good something, but it belongs to someone else, guess what? It becomes a distraction for you. And where do distractions lead? They lead to disaster, my friend. So you have to value your something and stop looking for someone else's something. In other words, I know who I am. You have to know who you are. You have to know what your strengths are. You have to know what your weaknesses are. You have to know what your purpose is. And just because your purpose is different than mine doesn't make it good or bad. It simply means it's different and that's okay. But when I value who I am and what my something is, I don't get distracted by your something. Guess what? There is room enough for both of us to have success doing our something. We don't have to do each other something. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Can't, can't you just see uh, how you can have success? I can have success. We can celebrate that success and we can keep on going and encouraging each other. But when I decide that my thing is not as valuable as your something, now I begin to undervalue. I begin to feel bad. I begin to question myself. I begin to think about things in a negative way. And now I can't really pursue my something because I'm distracted by your something, which was never meant to fit me. Oh, I love the way that came out. It's so complex and so simple at the same time. If you value what your thing is, if you value your something, you won't be distracted by something else that's not your something. If you value your purpose, you will you'll be able to celebrate others in their purpose and not worry about the fact that they're different. It doesn't matter what your thing is or what my thing is. What matters most is that I do my thing and you do your thing. I often tell leaders that you in your teams, you want to make sure that everyone stays in their lane. That's right. Work in your purpose according to your true north within the organization and you stay in your lane, I stay in my lane, and guess what we avoid? We avoid the disaster of a crash, right? We avoid the disaster of conflict because you are working where you're talented and where you are a subject matter expert, and I am working in my expertise or in my something, and together we can put together the most significant and wonderful product and output as a company, as a brand, as a team, because we were focused on doing what, what our contribution was, and we had a high value for that. I want you to make sure that you understand. Step one is you have to identify your something because distractions lead to disaster. That thing that prevents you from going, from giving rather your full attention to something else, that distraction. When you identify what your true north is, when you've got clear objectives and clear goals and a clear purpose and you have purpose to activity, you will get to a place you want to get to. 
and you will be able to avoid distractions. When you know what your something is, it makes it easier to stay the course. And that's what we want to do. And make sure that you have personally, you are willing to personally value, you have personal value in your something. You appreciate it, you you protect it, you value it, and you're, you understand that it's your thing and you do your thing well. And we couldn't be who we are without your thing. And then lastly, uh, step three is you have to be willing to recalibrate your approach. I want to hang out here for a little bit because... Sometimes we can get systems in place and our systems become outdated, but because we're so familiar with our systems and we found a measure of success and consistency with them, we hate to touch our systems. But sometimes you need to recalibrate your approach. I, I'm, I've got a cousin of mine and he, 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 he has a race car. And I mean, he knows everything, the ins and the outs about the engine, the airflow, the carburetor, the fuel, the fueling systems, the nitrous, all the things that make this race car a race car. He understands them. So he has all of the components to have the best car he can have. At the same time, he is always, as we call it, tinkering with or he's making minor adjustments, minor modifications, or he's recalibrating his systems to get optimal performance out of the car. Well, as leadership, uh, we have to do the same thing. We have to be willing to recalibrate our approach. Uh, Sometimes something is right, and it can be right, uh, but your approach to it may be off just a little bit. You may have the right team, but because of ineffective communication, our team doesn't perform at optimal levels. We don't need a new team. We simply need to recalibrate our communication. And that's the importance of understanding everyone on your team and everyone in your office and everyone identifying what their something is. So we could simply recalibrate the communication and now we get a better product or a better output for our team. We didn't need a new team. We didn't need to fire the team. We didn't have to go through all those things. We simply needed to recalibrate our communication. Well, if it works for communication, then it would also have to work for our processes, right? We gain efficiencies through minor uh, calibrations, minor adjustments. I I was watching a, a national story on a national brand and how their warehouse works. And so uh, they have everything down to a science and they use uh, people capital and they use robotic uh, capital as well to make sure that their, their fulfillment takes place. And they are precise in their calculations. So before they will send out one of their devices to, to put into their system, they calibrate it. And if it's off by just a little bit, they recalibrate it. They don't change it. They don't throw it away. They simply modify a bit to get it to where it can perform at its best level. When, I, when I'm talking about recalibration, um, that's what I'm wanting you to consider as a leader. I want you to consider how can we make sure that we get the best output? Well, we can't be so stubborn that we don't allow others to, to input. One of the things that the, the higher you go up the leadership chain, if you will, uh, obviously we believe in servant leadership here, but when you get up higher, your view gets distorted because your view goes from micro to macro. And when you go from a micro to a macro view, that means that you can miss the details. Well, calibration is adjustment in the details. So from a macro view, you can see the overall problem, but you may not see the best way to do it because that's not where you're working. But when you have the hands that are putting it together at the delivery level that are interacting one-to-one with the client, that are handling the back office, the onboarding, 
onboarding, the offboarding of clients, all of these types of things, uh, the person that does the, that part of that work will have a micro view and they will know where we can gain efficiencies and synergies because of their familiarity with what goes on at that level. While as a leader, you may have the same skill set, but you may not have the same visibility. So when you have the skill set, but not the visibility, you have to learn to delegate and empower others to help us to have the right calibration to deliver at optimal levels. That's that's our ultimate goal is to get the best possible product out in the best possible way. We call that efficiency and productivity. That's really what we're trying to do here. But if we don't engage the team at every level, having everyone on the same page, and if we're not willing to modify or recalibrate our systems and our flows and our processes, guess what happens? We miss it and we're one step behind because we didn't leverage the team. So we've got to understand that we don't have to overhaul everything. We don't throw it away. We don't discard it. We don't abandon it. We simply recalibrate it. So don't look for other things when you've already determined your one thing. Let, let I want to just say that again. When we talk about recalibrating your approach, a lot of people will try to go get something new to do when you've not yet mastered what you're doing. Stay the course on your current something until you bring it to a point of maturity. If you've not brought it to maturity or to failure, I know that sounds extreme, but either bring it to maturity where you've done what you can do to get it as far as you can get it to go. It's a system that that you know well, that you've gotten together and you're getting the most out of it. You're not distracted uh, and you know the product and it produces at a high, high level. Then you can add to it what many entrepreneurs experience especially young, uh, young in, in not in age, but in area of leadership or an entrepreneurial space, uh, they have a lot of ideas. That's what the entrepreneurial spirit is, uh, ideas and want to deliver and want to do it. Well, if you have an idea and you're working this idea, but you get another idea, a bright one, of course, then you work that idea and then you get another idea and you work that idea, your new ideas, although they may be great ideas and they may be the next best thing, what they become presently are distractions for your current something. Don't forfeit your current something chasing the possibility of a new something. Remember this, when you start a new something while you're working with your primary something that's not yet mature, in order to work with the new something, you have to get the time and the resources from somewhere. That means that you're going to take away from your effectiveness and your efficiencies in your primary something, trying to support your secondary something, which requires time, capital, it requires resources, finances, people, etc. And so now you're spreading yourself very thin and you're missing it simply because you had a great something already going, but you added another something. And so you become, as we like to say, um, jack of all trades, so to speak, but master of none. You, so I want you to really focus on not being distracted by other things, even if they're good things, they're still distractions. So timing is critical for when we roll out new products, introduce new systems, introduce new opportunities. We must be very, very aware of our present something. And we, what level is it? Is it is it new? Is it an infant? Is is it a toddler? Is is it a is it a teen? Is it, is it an adolescent? Uh, is it a young adult? Where is our something in its process of growth? If it's not to the adult stage where it can sustain itself and you don't have to give everything to it in order for it to go, then don't add something else just yet. You want That's called a distraction, and that distraction can lead to disaster. You could have two or three, we could go five, ten amazing ideas 
and opportunities. And because you were distracted by amazing opportunities, you have no effective opportunities. You have no productive opportunities. That's what I wanted to share with you this week here on Speaking With One Voice. Uh, Distractions lead to disaster. When you have a thing that prevents you from giving your full attention to something else or your other thing, what your primary thing is, then you are distracted. When you are distracted, then you could be culpable in the process of having a catastrophic event happen on your watch. And we don't want that. So what I want you to do simply is I want you to focus in. Identify your something, okay? What what is your something? And then when you find your something, make sure that you value that thing. When you value that thing, make sure that you, uh, along the way, be willing as a leader to recalibrate your approach. If you don't do that, you get stagnant and you miss opportunities for optimal efficiency, effectiveness, and productivity. You have been listening to Speaking With One Voice. I am your host, the coach, Rodney Payne. Listen, check out our new website at RodneyRPayne.com. And if we can help you, I want you to know that I am giving away right now free strategy sessions. We'll take 40 minutes. We'll run through uh, how we might be able to help you get to the next level in your business model. We're going to help you to gain crystal clear clarity uh, so that you can uh, increase your productivity and gain work-life balance as a successful entrepreneur. I can't wait to hear from you. That's RodneyRPayne.com. Grab a free strategy session. Look forward to talking to you real soon. Listen, thank you so much for listening and speaking with One Voice. I am your host, the coach, Rodney Payne. Until next time, let's keep growing together. You've been listening to Speaking with One Voice. Please remember to follow Rodney Payne on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Rodney R. Payne. We'd love to hear from you and get your feedback, so please feel free to leave us comments. And if you would, rate and subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate that as well. Don't forget to set up for notifications so you can get the latest updates and social media posts and get new podcasts when they're released. As always, use the hashtag speaking with one voice or simply SWOV on any of your social media posts. On behalf of Rodney Payne, thanks again for listening to Speaking with One Voice.